Hello and welcome to The Download. I'm your host, Dave Richardson, and it's Tuesdays with Stu Kedwell from RBC Global Asset Management. And Stu, there's a whole bunch of things that I, I'd like to get in, into with you uh, around the, uh, the North American markets, both uh, Canada and its economy, and the U.S. certainly, uh, lots going on there. Uh, but we did get through between uh, last week's podcast and this week's uh, the remainder of the big five banks in Canada reporting their earnings. And, and you've got an interesting way at looking at the sector in terms of three gates. Uh, maybe you could explain that and, and what other earnings last week you, you, you saw and, and, and where the different banks are sitting and the sector overall are sitting relative to the way you're looking at it. Okay, great. Uh, well, thanks again uh, for having me. Uh, really enjoying this, uh, this weekly conversation. Um, so when we think about the banking sector, there's there's kind of three things that have been top of mind. Uh, the first has been uh, the bank's capital position and their ability to withstand a fair amount of provisions for credit and what we call risk-weighted asset inflation, which uh, will come in the next uh, couple of months, or next couple of quarters. Um, the second gate is uh, you know, how will the deferral process, when deferrals uh, end, whether or not it's an auto loan or a mortgage in the next four to six months, how will uh, those uh, loans perform? And the banks have, have tried to make some assumptions and will continue to make some assumptions about those in the future. And then, and then the third is, you know, what will the ultimate earnings power of the bank be, the return on equity and what have you uh, come, uh, you know, come the other side of this crisis? And, um, you know, so I think, you know, when the when the banks reported last week, we we're very much focused on that first uh, gate, so to speak. And, um, you know, we had Scotia last Tuesday, just after uh, or right before our podcast. And, uh, you know, the other five banks did come along through the week. And, you know, what we can say, what we can say after after looking at the um, at the results is that in all likelihood, each of the six banks We'll get through this period of elevated provisions for credit and the risk-weighted asset inflation with their credit ratios above the regulatory minimums, right? So that is that has been welcome news. Uh, it was generally what we thought uh, going into the quarter, um, but it has been endorsed by by the uh, different management teams as they've taken us through their scenarios about you know what their credit ratios could look like in uh, in certain aspects. You know, of course, uh, there's always caveats around, you know, second waves and, and all sorts of things. But, you know, what we know right now, um, you know, that first gate has uh, has been passed uh, to some degree. The second is uh, the deferrals and, you know, some remnant asset classes that I think are going to take more time. Uh, there's going to be some pockets of commercial real estate that require a bit of a rethink. And, um, you know, that'll be the next leg of discussion with the banks around what type of real estate is in their commercial real estate portfolios? What are the loans to values? Those types of discussions. And then on the deferral front, you know, it's very important. Uh, will there be additional uh, government to support? Uh, will the CERB be extended, maybe in a different form? How will unemployment come uh, come down as the economy reopens? And then, um, you know, I think the banks, you know, they'll, you know, that that also is manageable. That will lead to ongoing elevated provisions for credit. Again, that's kind of in our minds that that will be around for, uh, you know, probably, you know, three to six quarters. And then the last is on uh, the ultimate earnings power. And, um, you know, banks make money two ways. The first is net interest income. 
and the second is non-interest income. And um, you know, so far, uh, you know what we're what we're looking at is banks that have more net interest income than non-interest income. It's going to take them longer for their earnings to fully recover because of the impact of low interest rates, and there may be less asset growth or less loan growth than uh, we would have hoped for. Versus banks that have more non-interest income, they should recover a little bit faster. And um, when you look at those three gates and you look at how the banks have done, the market has generally been correct in this in the stance that the Royal and the National Bank have been uh, the strongest performers and are you know as as close to, uh, of all the six you know in terms of in terms of where they were originally. And not surprisingly, those banks have strong capital positions uh, and also have a fair amount of non-interest income. Um, and that's, uh, you know, that kind of really came through in the quarters as well. And, and Stu, just, just, just one last quick question. Cause I, I know, uh, I know a lot of investors rely on, on Canadian banks, uh, for dividends and they have an outstanding track record on dividends. And I know we've covered it off on, on a previous podcast. Uh, but for those who, who haven't listened to every episode, I, I don't know who those people would be, but I know some people have missed the odd episode. They are all posted, uh, on your provider of podcasts. Uh, you, you never had any concern about the the dividends with the banks, and you, and you still think they're in a very solid position dividend wise, correct? I do. I do think they're in a, a solid position. Uh, you know, the point we would make there is uh, we did have TD Bank uh, put a dividend uh, reinvestment plan in place, which is just extra cushion to uh, to prepare for anything that might come their way. Um, you know, the you know the 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 major uh, question, which is not something that is totally analyzable from a financial standpoint is will the regulator say to the banks at some point, hey, why don't you uh, put these things on hiatus for a quarter or two quarters just to keep building capital to get us through a more difficult period of time? Uh, we would view it very much in line with that. Uh, you know, none of the banks, uh, as far as we can tell, like they have, you know, expect they expect to continue to pay their dividends. They have the normalized earnings power to continue to pay their dividends. So it would be, you know, more of a, uh, of a, of a shorter term angle where, where the regulators say, you know, for the good of the economy, the good of the country, um, you know, let's put them on hiatus for a couple of quarters just to get us through this. Uh, again, nowhere near our base case today, but that is the uh, the one caveat. Yeah, very very important to state that that's not your base case, and so uh, yeah. So Stu, uh, I, always fascinating talking to you about uh, particularly the banks because of your expertise in this area. Look forward to carrying on the conversation, uh, broadening out a little bit next week. Thanks again for your time, Stu. Great. Thanks, Dave. Have a good day, everybody.